0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air, I'm Don Marsh. That massacre in New Zealand has prompted outrage around the world and brought understandable pain to Muslim communities. We wanted to get some sense of how Muslims in our region are reacting to all of that. Joining me is Faison Syed, the Executive Director of CARE. He joins us by phone, that's the Council on American-Islamic Relations. And Dima Shabanez, Counselor at Mercy Hospital. Dina, great to have you with me in studio. And Faizan, nice to talk to you again.
1: Thank you for having us. Great to talk to you as well.
0: Faizan, I'll begin with you. Uh, How basically is your community reacting to what's been going on in in, uh, New Zealand?
1: Really, it's a total sense of disbelief, heartbreak, and sadness for this senseless loss of life in New Zealand. What really shocks people in our community is not only that 50 people um, lost their lives, but the way in which they are targeted and the heartlessness in which this person did the mass shooting and the mass murder. This white supremacist terrorist attack is something that continues to reverberate within our community, even to this day.
0: Has it caused a greater sense of fear or any sense of fear amongst those that you've talked to and associate with?
1: Sadly, this attack It's something that really resonates particularly with us being American Muslims and Muslims living in Western countries because the root cause of this uh, terrorist who did this heinous attack was this uh, ideal of white supremacy, was this ideal that he looked at Muslims who lived in New Zealand and in other countries as invaders. In the 74-page manifesto, he continuously called our community as that. And because of this fear, there are movements within inside the United States, especially one of our associate with Florida Hassan Shibli. There's starting to be movements of encouraging Muslims to arm themselves, to take security at our Islamic centers much more seriously, to make sure there are armed guards, and to even do active shooter training in the wake of the New Zealand attack.
0: Dima, let me turn to you. Your, your your reaction. What are your thoughts following all of this?
2: Uh- Sadly, I wasn't as surprised as I wish I would have been um, with the way um, the news has been lately with all the hate and the racism. Um, I figured it would be, you know, it was just a amount of time before something like this would happen. Um, it was very gut-wrenching. Um, I unfortunately watched the video. Um, it kept me up. All night, um, I am also interning at an Islamic school on Fridays at the mosque. And to know that, you know, we heard of the news on Thursday night and I had to be at the mosque on Friday. um, It brought a sense of responsibility. I am, you know, if this was to happen at the mosque, I am now a protector of the children that I'm serving. Um, I have to put my life on the line to make sure that they are safe. Um, So it was just, you know, sadness not as much shock or surprise, but anger, and actually, I was also a little um, comforted by the way New Zealand came together after the the, the massacre. We'll, um,
0: we'll certainly talk more about that, but definitely. This, this is half a world away. This couldn't be farther away from where you're sitting right now.
2: It couldn't be, but it still hit very close to home. Um, we consider each other, you know, one big family as Muslims. Um, they are our brothers and sisters, and when one one part of us hurts, the entire the entire religion hurts. Everybody hurts, um, and so you know, we we lost a a large number of our family members on that day, and we still continue to mourn their loss.
0: Faison, you've had, as, as has been the case in the past, you've had a lot of interfaith support here in this community, haven't you? One of
1: the beautiful things that comes out of these really terrible tragedies is how people of all faiths and backgrounds come together in order to show their support and solidarity with one another. At the Islamic Foundation, the day after the event at three o'clock, there was an interfaith prayer service there. And it was uh, uh, so empowering to see almost 200 people of all faith communities who took time out to come at three o'clock to come to that center. Beyond that, all of our Islam centers in St. Louis and across the country have started having our neighbors bring flowers, visiting the center, calling and show of support. So even in the face of this tragedy, I think one thing that makes America truly special, makes our communities truly great, is the way that people come together in this type of tragedy, in this type, uh, to address this evil that happened.
0: Neema, do you find it helpful to you personally?
2: I really do. Just to know that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, while there are people out there who don't necessarily agree um, with us and will go out of their way to hurt us, there's also a greater amount of people who are there to, to... uh, support us and to back us up and to defend us when when need be. And it was and I agree with Faison um, the day after on that Friday, just to see all the different faiths come together for that interfaith um, prayer as well as before, just to see the different um, see Jews and Christians all come up and you know start conversation with you and to let you know that. They are there, and they do not agree with what happened. Hmm. Um, it was very touching and heartwarming.
0: Faison and security uh, within the community, you, you implied that this was something certainly thinking about, but security at the mosques, for instance, is that something that is happening or going to happen?
1: Well, yeah. You know, I was on your show before, Don, and we were discussing security a little bit, and I reminded the audience that when I was growing up in St. Louis, there was actually debates in our communities whether it was allowed to lock the doors Of the islamic centers or not and now of course just a few years later that whole conversation is out the picture now every islamic center is much more serious and concerned about security they're starting to look into hiring armed guards to build fences and to make sure the congregation stays safe even there's uh, efforts in order for people to um buy firearms and to purchase firearms as a last line of defense we have to realize that white supremacy as uh, an ideology is really people of all faiths across the country. And we as a community need to not only arm ourselves and defend ourselves, but we have to get to the root cause of that hatred. Until we can get to that root cause, that hatred, we're not gonna be able to see the end of this type of violence happening in, in our community or around the world.
0: And even doesn't that really tend to increase uh, the danger, if you will? If you have more people carrying weapons and being on the alert, uh, that could cause a lot of problems.
2: Um, It could. But if you're smart about it and if you know that um, you're only carrying it for a certain reason for self-defense, it could it could be very, very smart um, and it could, you know, be safer for you. But hope I mean, hopefully we'll make a move in the right direction to where, you know we could, we, we don't need to um, have everybody carry or, you know, we could start feeling safer to where, you know, this isn't needed. But if it comes down to it, this may be, this may be the one step in the right direction. Would you carry? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe if it, I, I don't know, if I feel like my life is on the line and I really need to, that may be something I would have to do.
0: You would feel safer if you knew people were uh, in your community who were armed and prepared to defend if necessary?
2: Possibly, yes.
0: Yeah. You continue to wear it and do wear the headscarf. I do. Um, does it ever cross your mind not to do that because it identifies you as a Muslim?
2: Most certainly not. Um, yeah. My headscarf, I've been wearing it since... Um, before the seventh grade. I don't remember how old I was then, but um, it's definitely become a part of me. It is who I am, and it does play a part in defining who I am. Um, I would never consider taking it off for for anybody. This is a mark of my faith and my beliefs, and I wear it very proudly.
0: Do How do people react to it?
2: Um, you know, to say I don't know would be very weird, but I really don't know because I don't look to see how people react. Um, I am, I I go about my day just, you know, as I would if I wasn't wearing it. Um, I will smile at you and I will make conversation. And if, you know, if that makes people uncomfortable because of what I have on my head, you know, I, I do apologize. But I will not change who it does not change who I am. And if anything, it defines who I am even more than if I was not wearing it.
0: It's incredible that you would think that you would have to apologize or need to apologize to someone.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just the time that we're in. Um, and, you know, I'm not apologizing on my behalf. I do apologize on their behalf for for thinking that, you know, something I wear or a piece, a piece of fabric will affect the way, what they think of me and how to interact with me.
0: Faizan, address that part of the discussion, if you would. Do you have any sense that people that you associate with might be thinking about removing any articles that would identify them as a member of your faith?
1: Unfortunately, after September 11th, after these heinous attacks happen, whether committed by Muslims or people of other faiths, our community does get scrutinized, and you do have people who have concerns about whether they should wear the hijab in public or whether they should wear garments uh, or, or identify themselves as Muslims. And, of course, that fear is real, and people have that, of course, as Muslims and living in America, I believe that it is so important and so vital for our community to stand strong with our faith, to be proud to be Muslims, because in the end, the person who commits these crimes, their goal is to terrorize our community. Their goal is to get rid of our community uh, within inside the United States and other nations as well. So when we cannot allow for that fear to overtake us as a community we turn to Allah God Almighty because we know that he is the one that protects us and it gives us a sense of calm and peace. And of course uh, another level of it is one of the things that happened after the New Zealand shooting is that law enforcement locally went out of their way to contact our community to show up at our centers So again, in America, we believe that not only is God on our side, but also law enforcement and the community is on our side. So we cannot give in to fear and let these type of hate uh, people win.
0: These hate people, as you call them, what do you think their misunderstanding about uh, the Muslim faith is that causes them to react the way they do to to you and, and yours?
1: Well, I don't think it's a misunderstanding. You have to understand that Islamophobia is not only a result of ignorance about Islam or Muslims but Islamophobia is a type of racism it 's a type of bigotry that exists against our community. The ideologies behind Islamophobia fall around this idea that Islam a, is not a religion b that Muslims have the secret agenda to take over the United States um, and that they 're trying to you know do this type of thing similar to anti-Semitism similar to other hate ideologies that exist. So until we understand that, you know, Islamophobia is a type of racism that is perpetuated by white supremacy and other forms of hate, we're not really going to get to the roots of the problem. I don't think I can sit down with this mass shooter and just, you know, talk to him about how Islam is a peaceful religion, and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I had the wrong conception. No, rather, this, there's a group of people, there's a growing group of people who think that their culture is being attacked, that white people primarily are being targeted inside this country, and they are will, can and will take violent action in order to challenge that. We saw that happen in Charlottesville, we saw that happen at the AMA Church, we saw that happen at the Tree of Life Synagogue, and we see that happening in New Zealand, and it's an ideology that sadly is spreading.
0: Dima, is there a role for politicians to play in trying to defuse this uh, situation?
2: Most definitely. Um, Politicians, I feel like, have... one of the biggest role, if, roles, if not the biggest role. Um, What they put out into the country, um, especially, you know, with people, if they have a large following, people will agree um, and tend to follow with what they say. And that does play a major, major role. And people, you know, whenever you have followers, you play an impact. And whether that, whether that impact is a positive or a negative one is, you know, is, pretty much up based on how they put out the message that they're putting mm-hmm. they're, they're making. Um, so I feel like they they do need to watch what they say and how they say it and not put out the racism and the hate that they that they tend to put out.
0: The politicians in New Zealand were able to react rather quickly to all of this.
2: They really were and it was it's very very heartwarming to see um to see how fast and to see that you know now a week later they're still commemorating those who passed and they are still standing with the families of the of those that we lost um today in New Zealand um they did play the call to prayer, uh, prayer all over um the country and the prime minister also you know has been wearing a scarf and she's been um, just just her strength and her support for the families has just been remarkable. And it's unbelievable. And it's definitely something, she has definitely set the bar very, very high for other world leaders to,
1: to follow.
0: Your thoughts on that, Faison?
1: I agree 100%. The way that the uh, politics, especially the prime minister, respond in New Zealand, is something that is moving, is something that's inspiring, and it's something that all world leaders can learn sincerely from. Not only did the prime minister stand with the community, put on a headscarf and do these types of things. But they've also an active um, legislation and action in order to prevent uh, this type of thing from happening in the future, such as with their assault rifle ban and things like that. So we are very proud of the way New Zealand responds. And I think our our country's leaders especially can learn a lot from uh, the way New Zealand responded.
0: Dima, our time is winding down, but uh, you do counseling work. How do you explain this to kids?
2: Um, well, I'm still currently um, in school. I'm a counselor in training. um but with kids, um I feel like parents need to be aware that kids know more than we like to we like to admit. um and with them being on with ha- them being on their phones and being on social media, they know more than we think they do. um so, you know, if they were to start the conversation by asking them what they know, what they've seen, what images um, they've seen, if they've seen any videos, what they've heard from, you know, friends or around school um, and starting the conversation that way, um, just so the parent could also be aware. And then, you know, going from there, talking about how that made them feel and then just opening that conversation, because I feel like especially in the Muslim community um, uh, well, as I was brought up, it you know, talking about feelings was never really a big thing. And, you know, you just keep um, you just keep internalizing and internalizing. And then once you get older, you just don't know how to express. Um, and then also, you know showing your kids that you also, you know, you were sad or you were angry and then teaching them how to cope with it, letting them know, you know, whenever I'm sad, I draw or color. Um, kids do tend to follow in their parents' footsteps.
0: Going to have to end it right there. I wish we had more time, but I want to thank you, uh, uh, Dima Chabaneh, for being with us. Thank and you for having me. phase Inside, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, good luck as you continue to work uh, with your community. Thank you. Of
1: course. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you.